Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. And welcome back to another Wisco Fanatics Friday night. Uh, we have a lot of stuff on deck. First of all, we have our man Paul Brettel joining us. Um, he's going to join us for our 2020 draft review. Uh, we're also going to do some quick hits. Aaron Rodgers, uh, five minutes or less. We're each going to say something real quick. And then we're going to start our draft series. We're starting with wide receivers. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of similarities, but a lot of differences on these lists. Uh, with what we see and how we feel and what we value in each guy. So I'm very excited to see how that goes. Uh, Paul, how you doing, buddy? I'm great. I appreciate you guys having me back. I always enjoy talking Packers with you. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you what. In Wisconsin, there's very few things that's better than talking about Packers football. Sometimes <laughs> a beer hits a little different. but <laughs> uh, Brian, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I'm glad to be back. Yeah, that reminds me, Jake. We <laughs> we owe Tyler from Wisco Ball. We owe him a shotgun for the David Gruber challenge. Oh my goodness, that is what <laughs> I forgot today. Wednesday, Wednesday, people, watch yeah, so Wednesday. We can challenge the people we want to challenge. Yes, uh, Simon and Bryant. Uh, since you guys have joined us all season long, you are definitely part of the Wisco Fanatics family. So when we got challenged, you got challenged. So now you owe us a shotgun. So <laughs> just wanted to throw that the, out there, Bryant. What was the David Gruber <laughs> oh, challenge? Um, I, I could share. I think it, it was too, the Wisconsin, you, you know, guys. They started it. Okay. Yeah, you just you just shotgun a bear. Oh, every every time you see the commercial. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> You'd be hammered. I was gonna say, <laughs> watch a Bucks game. One call, that's all. After every quarter, oh my god, another one. Uh, especially if you're watching on the Bally Sports app because their commercials repeat once in a while. You get doubled up on Gruber commercials in the same commercial break. Oh god! Come so back from the break here. and you wouldn't be able to see straight. <laughs> like our trivia episode. Oh, that, that was, was messy, Paul. I don't know if that you was to messy, see that, man, but. That was messy. We did drunk trivia. That was drunk that was Packers trivia specifically. Yeah, Fantastic. and I ended up winning somehow. I don't know. Uh, maybe only because I was the host. Drunk, I guess that's true. That's a good point. 
Um, yeah, so we're gonna start with. Uh, are we gonna start with 2020 draft review, or are we starting with Rogers? Which let's, one we let's let's talk about let's talk about this real quick because we've had some people ask us about it about what we feel Aaron Rodgers. So Paul, you're the guest. Like, what based on what's happening, where we are right now, and we know that Aaron Rodgers isn't gonna be the starter for 2023. What are what are your just quick thoughts? You know, uh, about Aaron Rodgers. I, so I tweeted out after watching him on McAfee that we knew this was coming, you know, especially over the last week, two weeks, but still hearing him say, I want to be a jet and just the finality of it, it being over, like his time as a Packer, you know, not officially, but essentially over it, it was surreal. It really, really was like, I couldn't wrap my brain around it just from, you know, my age, he was drafted when I was in middle school, took over at quarterback when I was in high school. So, you know, that's been the a large part of my Packers life has been him as the quarterback. And I mean, incredible moments, uh, incredible high level of play for such a long period of time. It's, it's genuinely going to be missed. And, but with that said, you know, I think we can, it doesn't have to be a one or the other situation. I think as well, it's many acknowledged that just given how the team played last season, uh, it, it was time to move on, especially given his salary cap or the Packers salary cap situation and his impact on it. And then I mean, I'll get into a little bit more when we get to the Jordan Love and review in 2020, but you know, I'm excited to see what he can do as well. The, the transition period has to come at some point and the Packers have pushed it off for a few years now in big part because of Rogers and his play. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's like I said, I I'm on both sides I, where it's a yes. I, I'm on the side where it said it was time to move on, but it's still, it's surreal. It's, it's hard to believe that it's come to an end as well. Yeah. Jake, I know you're feeling pretty strongly about it. How are you feeling about the Aaron Rodgers situation? I'm going to sound like a baby right now, but um, I 100% agree with Paul, first of all. Um, Rodgers is the first quarterback in my life as well. I'm 30 years old that I got to see his entire career. So, yes, I got to see Brett Favre, but it was towards the tail end of his career. I don't remember the young Favre. I don't remember mm -hmm. MVP Favre. Mm -hmm. I don't remember Super Bowl winning Favre. I don't. I'm not going to lie to you. That was 1996. I was three, three years old. <laughs> I so, remember just wandering around to my grandparents' house. Yeah, like I, I have a water. blanket of us winning, but I don't remember it. Mm -hmm. Now, I remember going to the first the practice after they got rid of Brett Favre. Uh, me and my dad always go to at least one or two practices every year, and that's something that we've always done. And I remember we went to the first practice after Favre got released, and there was people literally calling to kill Ted Thompson. And I was, like, shocked. That was the most surprising thing I've ever seen in my life over a football player. And now we get to yeah. Rodgers, and obviously we know his off-the-field stuff. Not everybody agrees with it. I I just I, – I separate the player from, from, the, from the, the person, right? And I do agree with some of the stuff that he does. And I'm going to remember all the great moments and all the great memories. And the saddest thing for me, I think, is – now, every time an interception is thrown, we're going to be like, well, now there won't be 250 or 400 or whatever passes in between the next interception because they were so rare. And I'm I'm still sad to this to this very moment 
that Rodgers is gone because he's been my favorite player for a long time. And I don't even know how to like say thank you to all the memories that he gave me in my life. I remember like when that transition happened from Rogers or Favre to Rogers, like latching onto Rogers right away because there was so much, I don't know if hatred's too strong of a word, like throughout the fan base, but that Brett Favre was getting pushed out. Aaron yeah. Rodgers coming in, and so many people were mad. And yeah. that just made me go to the other side of it, where I was like, well, I'm going to ride with this guy, you know, because it wasn't, <laughs> it's like the Jordan Love situation. And Aaron Rodgers has acknowledged yeah. that. Like Jordan Love on draft night didn't say, Goody, come, come get me. I'm going to go be this guy's backup to you. Like he was put in this situation. He's handled it very well. Rodgers handled it very well. And we just got to embrace the. <clears throat> I mean, Rogers has said it too, I think on McAfee previously, like at some point the ride comes to an end and that's just where we're at right now. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Greg on YouTube said the emotional roller coaster, multiple declining, multiple playoff performances. It's time to move on, please. David said he was 16 when Rogers took over. It's you're old. I mean, there's never going to be a perfect time is, <laughs> is, you know, kind of how it is, but um, Bryant, what are you what are you thinking and feeling on Aaron Rodgers? We haven't really talked about it a whole lot. Yeah, and I remember when we were talking about towards the end of the season, I was actually more, I think I was the highest on like I don't think he's coming back. Not like trying mm -hmm. to like trying to brag about it. So I was kind of I was kind of assuming this was gonna happen. Um a mm -hmm. couple uh, things I want to say is um first for Aaron Rodgers, like over other than his rookie year, which I I was kind of like Paul, like I latch on and I was like I was telling people, like, I remember talking to my dad and everyone, they're like, oh, you guys are losing five. I was like, look, I think Aaron's going to surprise some people. Did I think he was going to turn into arguably, you know, top five greatest quarterback ever to play the game? No, I didn't know that at the time. But after his rookie year, I felt really good. And then after his rookie year for the next, you know, 15, 14 years of starting, what Aaron gave the team was that, and us fans really, was that every year, we thought we had a chance to win the Super Bowl, and that's a hell of a mm -hmm. feeling. Think about all these other fan bases that are like, we have no shot this year, and they just go into it. Or they they try to convince they have themselves to have a shot, like the Bears last year, but they know they really didn't, right? Sorry. It's tradition for me to take a <laughs> shot per episode at the Bears. but um, So just what Aaron like gave us as a team, I think um, it's hard to see some of the stuff he said on Paul, uh, Pat McAfee um it sucks to hear some of that stuff and i think those you know that it's a little raw right now but it'll heal and it'll come over time one of the things i want people to remember especially because a lot of our generation are, are we're around when we seen aaron Rodgers really getting treated like crap so i'm hoping that helps that not happen to jordan love and then you know far wasn't out there supporting aaron really at that time and then you go back and look at aaron he said what do you say he's a great effing kid he's he's gonna have a great career like aaron supporting jordan love and wants jordan love to play um, so I think that's fantastic of Aaron to even say that. Um, but just really like just several memories each season, the different runs, you know, in like 2016, um, you know, I was at the NFC championship game that year. Unfortunately, we didn't get it done, but he gave me the opportunity to go to that game in Atlanta because of the way they played after that Washington loss in Washington. And then, you know, even this year, if they could have got it done and then, so really just a lot of great games and it's going to suck. It's going to be a little raw, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to root for him to win a Super Bowl in New York. That's just who I am. And that's what I, I would love to see him win another ring. I know, you know, not everyone feels that way, but really this year, what I'd be looking for, for Jordan and we can get into it. It's just for him to have a similar year, like Aaron Rodgers did his rookie year to show that he can play in this league. And then we build around his talents. So this year I'll be a Packers fan 
first and foremost, and then I'll be a Jets fan because, you know, as long as it gets done, and I, I agree with the Packers holding strong diamond hands, if we don't come away with a 13th here, I think it's kind of embarrassing, to be honest. It, I'm not saying we should get two first or anything, but Aaron's worth a, a first-round pick for a, even a year or two. So we'll see how it plays out, but um, obviously I love Aaron Rodgers, one of my best favorite players ever, probably my favorite player ever, just like Jake. So um, yeah. I'm just hoping, you know, that Jordan can be the next in the line of great players, and I, I wish all the best for Aaron. So. I think the yeah. – And we're going to do – I was just going to say, like, the, the the expectations and just the, the knowing yep. of, like, going into the season of, like – all right, we'll be a playoff team. We'll see if we get the first round by, and we'll see what happens in the playoffs. Like, you just went in with that mindset. And it kind of went away over the last couple of years. But you remember, like, the prime Aaron Rodgers where the the ball didn't come out right away and you'd see him wind up, and you just you just expected, like, a big play was going to happen <laughs> just because it happens so often, you know, that you can't right see what's happening. Wide open in the middle of the, the field for 30 screen. yards. Exactly. But Rodgers just winds up. You're like, here it is, here it is. I'd always yell, got him, because I knew he was going to be on target, right? I, I knew he was going to put it in the bread basket, but I didn't know who it was going to. Exactly. But when he wound up, I was like, he's got him. He, he knows what he's doing. You know, when in my life, certain players get to a level where I, I don't have to yell at the TV to tell them what to do, because I think I know everything, apparently. But Rodgers was at that level. Giannis is at that level for me. So when Rodgers had the ball, I'm pretty quiet. You know, I'm just like, he's got it under control, you know? But now with Jordan Love, I don't know how I'm going to react. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to tell myself patience. patience. <clears throat> um, Greg's Greg's going through basically the Packers' whole um, history at quarterback on on the YouTube side of things. It gets down to seeing several come and go and Rogers' playoff record. Greg, we've and me specifically, I've been a strong proponent of um, record not being a quarterback stat, and it and it shouldn't be because there's 22 starters on the team, 53 players on the roster. Yes, the quarterback touches the ball the most, but he is not solely responsible for wins and losses. Um, and I'll I'll die on that hill. For me, with Aaron Rodgers, and Bryant touched on a couple of these things, is, for me, best of luck to him, unless he's playing against the Packers. Yeah. And Bryant and Paul both touched on it, is that I'm thankful – Rodgers is leaving us with high expectations. That in and of itself is something to be thankful for, having high expectations. There are franchises all over the NFL for decades that have no expectations or you know, had expectations to maybe make the playoffs this year. Think of how long the Lions went without even making the playoffs. Still haven't. Or won a playoff game. They haven't won the NFC North more recently than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have. Think about the Jets, the team he might go to. They haven't made the playoffs since 2010. They haven't been to an AFC championship game since about the same time. Haven't been to Super Bowl, I think, until since the 60s. Everyone wants to talk about, oh, Aaron Rodgers' playoff record. Well, and I'm not trying to get at Greg here, but I've heard it a lot of people. Well, guess what? We were in the playoffs every year those years. I think, you know, we got to see some of those wins. We got to be in the game. And we got a Super Bowl out of a career. A lot of the times people will say one Super Bowl in a career is great. Yeah, you can say it might have been a letdown because of his talent because he is a top five quarterback all time talent-wise for sure. Um, but mm-hmm. look at all these look at all these different organizations that have never even won a Super Bowl. And, yep. you know, we got one from him. So And, and 
yeah. as far as the playoff record, you know, like exactly, Tyler. It's not just an errant. There's, yeah, maybe the last couple of years he's let us down offensively, but early in his career, how many times that he put up 30 plus points and we still lost those games? Like, so it's kind of a give or take, you know what I mean? Or losing with losing in overtime without a chance to score. Yeah. I, um, and Greg, that's the way we are. We're always, always for the good vibes. And that's basically what I want to close the, the Aaron Rodgers part of this with. And it can be one side or the other. You can either be on the side like Jake is, who's sad to see him go. And at that point, we as fans, if you are like wholeheartedly in support of Aaron Rodgers, you need to prove him right in what he said on Wednesday about Packers fans being the best fans on the planet. We need to prove him right. We need to continue to be fans, even if we don't agree with what the compensation is or how Jordan Love's first season as starter goes. We still need to support the Green Bay Packers as fans, regardless of how you feel about it. Look at how angry um, like Steve is because he's a Bears fan. And just think how angry he's going to be this year when <laughs> the Packers with Jordan Love have a better record than the Bears at the end of the season, and I'll put money on that. Steve, Steve, Steve talks big game, man, but he, he knows the truth. Yeah. He knows the truth. Uh, and then if you're, you know, if you're on the side of, you know, you wanted him gone, you wanted him out or whatever, you should be wholeheartedly supporting Jordan Love. You should want Jordan Love to light the world on fire and be like, man, we should have pushed Rodgers out two years ago. And I'm sure people will say, though, oh, I said that two years ago. But, I mean, here's the everybody, thing. Even if you don't want fucking Einstein, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Nostradamus, everybody. <laughs> but even if you don't want either one of them, even if you think Jordan Love sucks and Aaron Rodgers, you wanted him gone, there's still other players on this roster to support, like Christian Watson and Aaron Jones and just guys all over the roster that are still worth cheering for, regardless of how you feel about the quarterback position. And that's what that's what we are. We're Packers fans. Today we're talking about the 2020 draft class and wide receivers. So we can start with Jordan Love. And Paul, you're the guest, so we'll talk to you first. Looking at Jordan Love, obviously a question mark, but where where are you at with Jordan Love and what you think about him being drafted in 2020? I mean, going back to my feelings at that time, I was shocked like everyone else. And I mean, I'll be honest, wasn't a wasn't a big fan of the pick just coming off of a I know they got blown the doors blown off of them by the 49ers in the NFC championship game, but nonetheless, they're 13 and 3, went to the NFC championship. You know, you're wanting more to build for the current team than the, you know, for the future. Um, so that was my initial thought, you know, where we are now. I'm I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, I think what we all saw in Philadelphia, that progression that he made. I mean, getting yeah. Tom Clements as a quarterback coach, I think that that was a big help for him. As we all know, he played a role in Aaron Rodgers' development early on. And I remember last summer – Tom Clements talking about we're going back to the basics with Jordan and a lot of time the basics at the quarterback position is your footwork and watching that Philadelphia game several times that's really what stood out was that aspect of it the um, footwork moving through his progressions and then the decisiveness with his decision making I remember during the it was 2021 preseason that was what Matt LaFleur just kept and Nathaniel Hackett at the time when he was here kept harping on He's got to let it rip. He's got to let it rip. And that doesn't mean just chucking the ball downfield for the sake of doing so. But when you see that brief window open in the, in the NFL, you got to take your shot. If that's your guy and your progression, let it go. And they, we weren't seeing that a year ago. 
Um, but then against Philadelphia, I think that was one of the most noticeable aspects that was different for Jordan and the confidence that came with that. And we've heard, obviously, Goody talk super highly of him, which, I mean, you can always argue the GM speak side of it. But even during the season, Devondre Campbell, uh, Al Mazard, Dallin Levitt, Aaron Jones this offseason, they've all made comments about Jordan Love, some of which unprompted, um, and talking about his progression. And I don't think we are where we are today in terms of Aaron Rodgers moving on without the jump that made Love made this past season. Because the rewind you can to just see it in the, the preseason, even like, like even in the preseason, that's what we we talked about is that we weren't looking for Jordan Love to be the next Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. We were looking to see Jordan Love improve in the 2022 preseason from the 2021 preseason. That was the main thing we were looking for. The one start that he made against Kansas City was like a COVID situation. He had four days to prepare for. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I think people are holding that against him so much. And then the the thirty minute second half that they played against the Lions, mm-hmm. and he played ninety minutes of regular season football, and people were ready to declare him a bust. It's like you got to give this guy at least a season. And then it took what nine minutes of the Philadelphia game for people to be like, we should bench Rodgers for the rest of the season. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I think- remember. <clears throat> I recall in the playoffs, or excuse me, preseason. His numbers weren't all that great in the preseason, but it was not on him. There was so, I, if I recall correctly, mm-hmm. there was a lot of drops that turned into a couple of interceptions Tip for him. Passes. And stuff yep. like, I remember us doing like what could have been like he could have put up some. And I know I get it that it's preseason, but you could see that, you know, um, the playmaking. It happened there. in the Eagles game too. He threw an absolute yeah. dime to Aaron Rodgers that, or to Aaron, Aaron Jones, Jones on the sideline right through his hands into his chest. Yeah, that that game was on and NFL Network. So I watched the second half again, and it, that that throw is my favorite throw from the entire game. I get, yeah. I know that it was incomplete, but just to to make that read and make that throw, there's a, like one throw he probably wants back, and that's what was to Randall Cobb. And even that throw, he steps up in the pocket, moving to his right, throws just barely behind Cobb. So and so the player, uh, the defender gets there. The defender gets there early, actually, if you go back and watch the play, mm-hmm. but. From the other side, Slay was coming, so maybe he threw it behind him on purpose. But with more reps and more game time, he's going to put those right on the dot, I, I, hopefully. So, Jake, you were looking the other day at some of his college stats. Where are you feeling with Jordan Love? Put me on blast, man. So I was just <laughs> – Well, I mean, that's all I we got. Doing, I, was doing, I was doing my notes, and I was, I was like, okay, Jordan Love, let's dig in. I don't know much about him in the NFL, right? Because he's he's only attempted 83 passes in the NFL in his entire career. That's not a lot. <laughs> so I went back to the college stats. I started watching a little college tape. And he threw 32 touchdowns his sophomore season. He, w- he was dicing people up left and right. And I think the thing that I am most excited for is to have a little bit more speed back at the quarterback position. And not for mm. – for, quarterback option runs but maybe to extend some plays and we got a guy christian watson that can burn some people i don't know if you've been paying attention but i would like to see some jordan love deep shots to christian watson this year yeah he's Uh, got that arm he's got the arm to throw it i remember right coming out he had a really one of his best traits was his his deep ball was just yeah and throwing the run so i'm really looking forward to that um, I don't know if you guys all remember, but I'll never forget Rodgers running left and right and just letting that song bitch rip all the way down the field. And you're like, 
how the hell is he going left and he throws it 70 yards? That doesn't make any sense. But I'm really excited to see what Love does. Um, like I like I said before, I'm going to have to tell myself patience because I've had 15 straight years of basically MVP quarterback play. Uh, take a couple seasons out here and there. Last year, obviously, there was one a few years ago, 2019. Obviously, we drafted Jordan Love with that. So, right. I'm just going to give my dad props real quick. Nobody's going to believe me in the universe. My dad texted me before the draft and said that they were going to take Jordan Love. <laughs> I shit you not. My dad said they're going to draft Jordan Love. And I was like, what? Why do you think they're taking a quarterback? He's like, just watch. They're going to try to get rid of Rodgers. Obviously, he was a couple years too early. But the point still remains, my dad's a goddamn genius. Yeah. Um, the only person I ever who else said that was Peter Schrager. And everyone was like, what are you talking about? And they're like, we'll see. And then, yeah. Insane. Yeah, I, think I, w- so. I wish I would have recorded my dad saying that, honestly. <laughs> I was say, we need the Adam screenshot. <laughs> I think with the patience, it's going to be like a unique balance. Obviously, 100% needs it. He's a first-year starter. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think we also need to see from week one to four and on, there needs to be some form of progression because he has been sitting yeah. for three seasons so that ah, he's a first-year starter. You know, if he's a rookie quarterback – we don't fully have that to lean on either. And again, yeah, it doesn't right. ne- that doesn't mean it has to end in a you know, 10 and 7 season. They're going to the playoffs. They didn't under Rodgers in his first season, but you could mm-hmm. see the 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 pieces there of a successful quarterback. And so not that there won't be ups and downs or that there shouldn't be grab or um, patience with that, but I think we still need to make sure that you know, or that's what we'll want to see as well because some of it's Lot that that additional time is lost because well he's had three years. I like so one, I like your phrasing thing. of steady progression. I think that's a good way to look at it. Mm-hmm. One, my, one last thing I am going to say, and I do agree with Bryant. Um, you said that that I believe it was you that said it that every once in a while we would see a play or a, or a string of plays from Rogers when he was younger, and we're like, oh my god, like wow, this guy this guy can actually be good. So I'm thinking I'm not going to say every game or every two games, just give me some moments where I can go back to that and I can, I can like save that for later and be like, Oh, okay. I remember when he did this play. Oh, he's done this before. Like I just need to see some of those throws and the quicker decision-making Paul, you did a great job bringing that up as well. And I love that they kept Clemens on the coaching staff for this upcoming season. That was a great move by them. Very smart. And I just need to see a few plays. I don't need to see a hundred because we're not gonna. We don't have Aaron Rodgers anymore. I think we that Aaron Jones is a perfect example. Yeah, that Aaron Jones throw is a perfect mm-hmm. example because we're looking at it. And it's like if he can do that, like, damn. <laughs> I think people are underestimating his throw to Watson, though, man. That was that was in stride, was right at the bottom of the drop. It. Yep. Yeah, he he didn't make Watson break stride. He threw it to the correct spot, and Watson ran. It was like a handoff, basically. That was a perfect throw. People don't talk about that throw enough, in my opinion. Yeah, um, yeah. We, we were kind of talking about this. I just I hope the NFL does right by him, and I would love for his first start to be in Lambeau Field against the Bears. Because how how mm-hmm. you know better to win over the Packers fans is if you can get the Bears in your home stadium your first you know, like official career start. You can count the Kansas City game if you want. But, how? I mean, that would, you know, get them bought in pretty quickly. We could win four games the rest of the year, and they'd be like, we still beat the Bears. So, let's go. <laughs> Remember when he started the season beating Justin Fields? <laughs> oh, man. 
I love that idea. I would I would die for that idea. I really would. That would be awesome. So Greg said yesterday he watched Love's entire Combine film. He was awesome. If Love was in this draft, he'd be very highly rated. It's apparent why Gutekunst was so high on him. Uh, Bill Huber did a, if Jordan Love was in this draft class, where would he be? And I think he had him fourth after C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, and Anthony Richardson. So essentially the fourth quarterback in uh, in this draft class if he were coming in to be a rookie this year. Um Bill, who's been watching the show a lot, says, when Love got drafted, I was in the minority when I thought it was a smart move. I got roasted in some other groups. We're back in the front office for it. I figured that Love would ride the bench for a couple of years and then move into the starting role because Aaron would retire. And I think that's something that people people don't take into consideration as much, is trying to replicate the process of going from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. And this is what I've been saying a lot is the chances aren't high that we go back to back to back on Hall of Fame level quarterbacks. But the important thing and the thing that we can be optimistic about and could potentially scare rivals is that the chances aren't zero that it happens. It's true. They're never zero. <laughs> I, th- I think, too, with, you know, we hear about the Lafleur offense and making life easier for the quarterback and the position players. You know, if we look at McVay and L.A., getting to a Super Bowl with Jared Goff, Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco, getting to a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. I, If this offense does what I think we all think it should under Matt LaFleur in that Shanahan-McVay coaching tree, for the Packers to be a Super Bowl team, and I'm not speaking about 2023, I'm just speaking you know, through the Jordan Love era, it doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. or sh- shouldn't require Hall of Fame level play. You're going to need a good quarterback to do so. But I think that's what yep. we've learned from those teams over there is we don't need, in terms of the quarterbacks, to go back to back to back for Hall of Famers to still be a good team. People seem to forget that Jordan Love is still only 24 years old, too. He won't turn 25 mm-hmm. until November. So, I mean, he's still a young player. He still has a lot of room to grow, and I'm, I'm very excited to see his first year. Mm-hmm. Definitely excited for him. David said, I hope he yells, I own you. If they beat Chicago no, in week one. <laughs> Their hearts are That'd just awesome. They're a full Bro, if he sweeps the Bears in his first season, oh man, I tell you what. It's gonna it's gonna be on. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get added to a lot of block lists. I'll tell you that. <laughs> All right. Anybody else want to say anything else about Jordan Love besides just being excited to see him get his chance? Nah. All right, let's move to round two. Paul, I'll go back to you. Let's go to AJ Dillon. Let's talk about AJ Dillon. So he's been he's been a solid number two running back, uh, a reliable pass catcher, which most of us didn't know about during his time at Boston College, but we learned it was just from a lack of opportunities, not not the not missing the ability. Uh, I also think what we learned a little bit more in twenty twenty three was that. As a ball carrier, he needs the offensive line to create the opportunities for him. Not all of them, but he doesn't, you know, he's the big, powerful runner. Not that he's going to necessarily make guys miss, but he still needs running lanes as well to be successful. So I was looking back at his stats between 2021 and 2022, and obviously one of the big differences there just for this Packers offense was the offensive line play. You know, last year there was a ton of injuries, especially early on, a ton of movement, 
And I think in general with the offensive struggles, we look at the receiver position. You know, obviously Rodgers being the quarterback takes a brunt of the blame, but that offensive line play was not helping things by any means. It was tough to get the run game going. Matt LaFleur was uh, shifting the entire offensive game plan. Like that Washington game where Bakhtiari was out the last minute, Zach Tom's thrown in. They have just a mean defensive front. I mean, that ball was out of Rodgers' hands as quick as can be just to avoid the pass rush from getting to him. So that was a big part of the offensive struggles. And with that, it was more challenging to run the ball. So we saw uh, A.J. Dillon, his missed tackles force go down, his average yards after contact go down, whereas Aaron Jones, you know, his his dipped a little bit as well, but he was still among the league's best, I, I think top 15, top 17 among all running backs in both of those categories, whereas Dillon was in the mid-30s. Um, and obviously they're different styles of runners, but I think for me anyways, that was one of the things that really stood out last season was that there needs to be, you know, Aaron Jones can go and create AJ Dillon needs a little bit more of the, the offensive line to do some of the work for him to get him those opportunities. So now as we look ahead to let's fast forward a year from now, you know, this very well could be Aaron Jones last year here. Uh, I think running back is going to end up needing to be a or is end up going to be a big need for them a year from now because I don't think you don't want AJ Dillon to be the guy as your workhorse. He's a good compliment. We're covering running backs this year on the chance that they they decide to take one of the drafts. So we'll be talking about running backs in a couple weeks. I'm mm-hmm. pounding my fist for mid round. I think I think that's a hundred percent play. I think it was it was both Daniel Jeremiah and Dan Brugler both said that in the third, fourth round range, it's just loaded with options, starting yep. caliber players. And we haven't I love Dane Brugler, by the way. He's so good. And we have love his necessarily... beast article every year. That's fantastic. <laughs> and we haven't necessarily seen, you know, three running backs actively worked into the rotation. And understandably so you have AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones, they're gonna get the bulk of the touches. But before they drafted Dillon, uh, Matt LaFleur talked about the importance of having a third running back to lean on. And so if they get one of those third round, fourth round running backs, I'd be curious to see how that usage goes uh, just in terms of maybe it's just given Jones and Dylan, you know, three to four less, you know, snaps per game, something like that, where over the course of the season, you know, that can add up. We saw a teeny little bit in AJ Dillon's rookie year with Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, and then AJ Dillon, but there was a really little bit that AJ Dillon actually played that year. But I think mm-hmm. one of the things that, that came we get out in most game too. Right. I think one of the things we get most excited for with AJ Dillon is seeing him one on one with defensive backs. And that to your point, Paul, is like where, you know, if you can get AJ Dillon to the second level before he's contacted, that's where you know he's breaking tackles, hurting people's feelings, and getting yards after contact. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Greg said twenty twenty three is looking forward to the offensive line, looking forward to doing it being healthy. And I think the uh, progression of Zach Tom is exciting too. Um, and we all love Aaron Jones, Greg. I promise you that. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brian, what are you thinking about AJ Dillon? Yeah, I think Paul hit the, you know, the nail on the head. Is it's he was a little disappointed. I mean, he had production this year, but he was also a little disappointing to me. His yards per carry have gone down each year that he's he started. There's a lot of times in short yardage situations you want to see him get the job done, and he just didn't. Um, he's still good, 4.1 yards per carry, but that's not, you know, that's not what you want on your starting running back. You want 
them to be like in the Aaron Jones range. He's a very good number, uh, compliment number two. I do think, um, like the more he gets the ball, the more effective he becomes, it seems like. So he's not, that's not going to happen this year. Although I do think we're going to see much more of a 50 50 split with handing the ball off. And that's why I think we might surprise people and go heavier than anticipated. I wouldn't be shocked, especially if we get the Jets first round draft pick to see an offensive lineman get taken in the first round. I wouldn't be surprised to see us take like, uh, the center out of Wisconsin and maybe the second or third round, you know what I mean? So we, I think we could, we'll get a offensive. We always draft offensive linemen, but I think we might get one earlier in the draft this time. So I think we're going to focus a lot on the offensive line and that should help Jones and Dylan and Jordan love in the long run. So, um, but for AJ yeah. Dylan for his second round value, um, I think the production has been pretty, you know, fair for a second round pick. He, he hasn't hit it out of the park, but he's, he's been a pretty good player for us. And there's a couple times he take, took games and he carried them for us. So um, I'm pretty happy with AJ Dillon. And I think, you know, we'll see if he earns a, this will be a contract year for him. So I'm sure he's going to get, you know, come in ready to, ready to go. So uh, we'll see what, what kind of numbers he puts up this year and how he supports Jordan. I know him and Jordan are very, pretty good friends because they, you know, same draft class and stuff too. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think your, your point that he's, his production for a second rounder is fair. Like he's not blowing you away. And like, if you did a redraft, he's not, you know, a first round pick, but he's not a third round pick either. So I think he's, I think he's been pretty fair. Like you said, um, the games that stand out, obviously the Tennessee game from 2021 where people are like, Oh shit. Like AJ Dillon is outperforming Derek Henry in the same game. And then people raise their expectations and expect, you know, expected him to be the next Derek Henry. And it's like, hold on. Like we, we know it's, I like that his style complements Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, you know, it's the thunder and lightning thing. Like, that's, you know, their dynamic. And personally, I want to see more of them on the field at the same time because it presents so many matchup problems of where you think the ball is going to go. And to Paul's point, I don't think any of us expected him to be as solid of a pass catcher as he's been. He's been pretty reliable in that area over the last two seasons. I think last year he had what 30, 35 receptions on forty targets. Like I would say I last year he had a lot more drops than I expected him to have. But I think there was a couple yeah. concentration drops he had that came out of nowhere. But yeah, I think Much with the with the two running back sets, I agree they can exploit that more. But I feel like they got to do something more creative because I felt like every time they mm-hmm. did it last year is either both running backs started back there, and then Aaron Jones motioned out, yep. they yep. catch something in the flat. Or it was like Aaron Jones starting in the backfield and then A.J. Dillon was out wide, but then he would motion back in and then it was a handoff every time. Like They feel like there's just so much more room for creativity and opportunity there. And Aaron Rodgers... They did that? What, I think it was after... And then when they had him like, lined up next to Rodgers, that they'd send yep. one out in motion as the play was starting. Yep, it just and that was usually like a swing pass to Jones. It just felt like the same kind right. of two, three plays. And I think it was, it was early on, it was like after the Bears game at home week two where Rogers said in the press conference that like, we're only scratching the surface of what we can do with these two on the field together. And you get all excited hearing that, but then it felt like as the season went on, you never saw that progression of like, okay, what is that? What's in the, it got pretty predictable. I agree there. Mm -hmm. Yep. So Jake, what are you feeling about AJ Dillon? So Jordan love felt like an insurance pick, right? If Rodgers has another bad season, like he wasn't MVP level the 2019 season, Love was kind of an insurance pick, right? Oh, we can just get rid of Aaron Rodgers, 
Love is our insurance. We're turning it over to the new guy. Obviously, we know in this draft that we were losing Jamal Williams the following year. And it was a contract year for Aaron Jones. We're not signing both of them. Everybody in the universe knew that, apparently, except rival fans. <laughs> so And, like, two people in our own fan base, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> so you get rid of uh, Jamal Williams. It still sucks. We still love Jamal Williams. He's a fantastic yep. human being. I loved watching his, his presser. For the New Orleans Saints, he was hilarious. He was wearing an EV hat. He's he's Jamal Williams. He's awesome, right? Him, Jordan, uh, Dylan on the field. I think he's been he's been all right. I'm not going to say he's been fantastic, and I'm not going to say that he's been bad. He's had good and bad moments. Um, I do get a little amped up in the red zone when I see AJ Dylan back there. I will say I would love for them to add in like an old school, like heavy set, put a put our biggest fattest D tackle at fullback and let's just let's play some old school football. There's still you don't even need to put that. a D tackle in there. We can just put Caleb Jones at fullback. Yeah, we we just put your biggest guy at fullback. You have the biggest thighs ever owned by a running back in the backfield. Just just hand it off. Like old school football still works. I think that's something that they need to bring back personally. I love the two running back set. Tyler me and you did a bonus episode talking about Hey I don't mean to interrupt you but did you see that Purdue got knocked off. Yeah. What? (laughs) (laughs) No way. They They did. Yep. Yep. Damn, my whole train of thought is my whole train of thought is gone. Um, AJ Dillon off the field, he's awesome too. I will say the mayor of Door County. So I mean that's pretty cool. He plays too many Um, video games. He needs to stop playing video games. Yeah, I was I was gonna bring that up, dude. I was gonna say that's why he had all those drops. Maybe his drop. There's people that talk like that, which uh. was because he was he was uh, he was too focused off the field on some other stuff. But I don't know. That's neither here like nor there. Having kids, he got yeah. Christian Watt. He got he got Christian Watson into streaming now too. So the first yeah, drop that Christian Watson has, we'll have to see what happens. But AJ Dillon's been a been a pretty good player for where he was picked. Yeah, and then I I think my biggest thing still. Is is the compliment in style to him and Aaron Jones? You're not getting, you know, you're not getting two small shifty guys that are pass catchers. You know, you're not getting two guys that are both just going to run you over. You got a little bit of both, and that that gives you versatility at the running back position, which is what I like. Is versatility guys that can do more than one thing. Gudikins obviously does that, especially when it comes to offensive linemen. That versatility mm-hmm. is appreciated, and it has been for wide receivers too. I mean, we they brought in Sammy Watkins last year you know, off of 17 consecutive seasons with injuries, but he's a, one of the best blocking wide receivers. They kept Alan Lazard, who is one of the best blocking wide receivers. And now he's, I guess, leading, I shouldn't say following Aaron Rodgers to the Jets because Aaron Rodgers isn't there yet, but um, keeping those guys around that do multiple things for you and that versatility. And I think uh, AJ Dillon's pass catching has been one of those things, that versatility. So, It'll be interesting to see what he does in his contract year. Personally, I'd like to see the Packers maybe offer him, um, you know, a deal before the season and see if they can maybe get themselves a bargain if A.J. Dillon plays well. Um, That's personally the way I'd like to go. I can understand if it doesn't happen that way. But um, anybody else want to say anything about A.J. Dillon? No. All right. Nope. Third round pick. This is probably the best third round pick. 
hasn't been uh, hasn't been a, a a disaster, I would say. But let's talk about Josiah Deguara. Paul, I'll go to you first again. I'm a big fan of Deguara. I I'm excited for what I think is going to be an expanded role for him this season. Um, <clears throat> tight end positions in flux, and yeah, I think he's developed into a really strong blocker. And when he was first drafted, there was the comparisons to Kyle Juszczyk. And I don't think anyone was saying he's going to be at that level. But I think more in terms of usage, that H-back role. And we've seen DeGore in the backfield moving around. And Matt LaFleur talks about mm-hmm. the illusion of complexity. You know, uh, Similar plays from different formations, plays that start out looking the same but end up different. And having that versatility that a DeGuara can bring, I think is an important aspect to that. So I'm hoping for him to take on a larger role. I mean, as a pass catcher, very limited, but he was effective, 13 of 15. Uh, showed some playmaking when he has the ball in his hands. But I think a lot of what he's going to bring is the, you know, being in motion, lining up from the slot, in line, in the backfield. And again, just helping the to create mismatches not just for himself but for other players within the Packers offense so I I I like what he brings to this team and I'm hoping that there's going to be an expanded role for him because again he's not the pass catching presence that Tunyon is big dog is big dog is a blocker like so he was automatically number three on the depth chart right there at the tight end position. And they should absolutely add to the tight end position in the draft. I still think they should add another one here in free agency. But I'm a fan of DeGora, and uh, I'm I'm guessing there's going to be a larger role for him this season. I'm excited for DeGora, too. Um, He hasn't progressed quite as quickly as I might have hoped. But what I noticed and Jake and Bryant can attest to this is that as the season went on and we got towards the later quarter of the season, the Packers started doing a lot of pre-snap motion with Josiah DeGuara, Mercedes Lewis, Alan Lazard, where they'd get them motioning across the formation and maybe at full speed when getting the ball into say Aaron Jones's hands. And then he's got a full speed lead blocker mm-hmm. ahead of him. That happened a ton in the last quarter of the season. And I loved plays like that because they were good for seven yards at least every single time. And as far as him as a pass catcher, one of the main things that I've seen him improve on, and this is something hopefully he can continue to improve on, is finding soft spots in zone coverage. That's something that I saw from him um, a little bit more this season and hopefully something that he can develop in going into 2023. As for adding to the tight end room, uh, all four of us, we had our free agent wish lists. All four of us had Dalton Schultz on ours. Um, a bunch of the guys had Mike Kosicki on theirs. I have Foster Moreau on mine. I still think that's nope. potentially that an question. option they should consider. It might be a cheaper option than Dalton Schultz, but mm-hmm. a guy that I think could potentially fill in nicely. And you can still use two tight ends. The Packers, we had plays last year. I know we had plays for a fact because we talked about it, um, where they had all four tight ends on the field at the same time. I think so, there's a. I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility to have two that you use heavily. I know this is a super deep draft class at the position, which is why they should mm-hmm. take advantage of it. But historically, rookie tight ends, even the early round picks, do not contribute in a significant mm-hmm. way to the passing game. There was this article in it was from like 2018, ESPN, where over the f- previous 15 years, so from 2003 to 2018, only two rookie tight ends had over I think 600 receiving yards that season. Since then, I think the only one to do it is Kyle Pitts. 
So I think I mean, there's he's three, like a wide receiver playing tight end. Yeah, like basically. <laughs> so there's been three in the last whatever that is, 20, 19 years, 20 years, yeah, to make that sort of significant impact. And if we look at the playoff teams from last year across the NFL, impactful tight ends in the passing game were a big part of a lot of those offenses. Mm-hmm. And if we look back at the Packers, that was missing. Tunyon is super, super reliable, but he averaged less than nine yards per catch. He ranked in like the bottom quarter of the NFL in tight ends in that category. In part, I think it was usage. He caught a lot of passes around the line of scrimmage. He felt almost like a security blanket at times for Rodgers, mm-hmm. like, oh, that's not open here. So, But also he didn't look nearly as explosive as he had prior to his injury either. Yep. So they need that element. I think they can find that element in this draft. But that's also why I thought bringing back Tunyon made sense. So you have that reliable piece to help bring some stability to the position as the rookie goes mm-hmm. through likely ups and downs especially if mercedes lewis is either looking at going to new york with rogers or mm-hmm. retiring um greg said i hope green bay can come a tight end catching team again and i think that's something that matt lafleur wants to do is is have multiple tight ends in the fold i think that's part of his scheme is to do more two tight end two wide receivers as opposed to one tight end three wide receivers um as far as the draft goes i will say i do not want to draft a tight end in the first round and your your point on uh, rookie tight end contributions only makes me want to double down on that. Triple. So Bryant, you were you were a little higher on Deguara going into twenty twenty two than some of us, but what are you feeling now going into twenty twenty three with Josiah Deguara? Yeah, maybe I was just a year ahead, and that's what I'm hoping, right? Like I'm hoping that. You know, he was out the one year with his ACL, so maybe this is his true third year or whatever. So hopefully he gets – you know, I don't think he'll ever be a huge yardage guy, maybe 450, mm-hmm. like four touchdowns, and then he, you know, contributes to the blocking game. So uh, we need help at that position. And we I don't want to draft a uh, tight end in the first round either. Um, for sure I don't want to. But maybe, you know, the second round or third round would be good. And maybe people can argue like, well, this would be the time to do it because you're going to kind of be, you know, building around Jordan Love for a couple of years before you really crack that window open if he plays well to, you know, make a run at the Super Bowl. But I just, it's tight ends for me are so hit or miss. Like you see Myers like jumping up and down all over the boards and stuff because his combine performance. And I think it's deep enough to where we can see who falls to us in the second round. If we can get Washington, I think that would be my target in the second round if we're going to drop one. That's my guy. I want Darnell Washington bad. His, his blocking capability. We all love Mercedes Lewis, right? But we know he's going to follow Aaron Rodgers. He's either going where Aaron Rodgers is or he retires. What better than drafting Sam said it too. Mercedes Lewis 2.0 with probably better hands like and, and you know more receiving capability so if we can get washington in the second round um i'd be pretty pleased with that pick but deguara hopefully you know like paul said i hope he gets more involved this year maybe i was a i was a year ahead on my predictions of him kind of having you know i never said he was going to go crazy but I, I think i had him at 450 yards and i think he could do that so i think he made a really good point in yeah. that deguara's impact it's most often not going to be on the stat sheet it's going to be the stuff he creates for others what he does in the run game and you know hopefully he becomes like a red zone target jake what do you think about desire deguara uh i don't know man i'm not like on the bandwagon but i'm not off of it i guess i don't know i just I think I think that he's a backup, if I'm just going to be completely honest with you. I don't think that he's a starter caliber guy. 
I think that he could add valuable depth. I think he could be a really good number two, kind of like we think Dylan's a good running back number two. And apparently I'm the only one that wants Kincaid out of Utah because <laughs> everybody else wants Washington. I'm not opposed to that, but Washington is the guy that I want more. Kincaid is going to be a stud. I really, really believe that he's going to be the good tight end out of this draft. Like, there's going to be some all right guys that they catch passes, but I really think that he's going to be, like, the man from this draft. That's I like Kincaid, but I just don't there. think you get him anywhere else in the first round. That's no, I've I seen him in the second. He he if just he falls, started, absolutely. He but just if you go on PFF to do a mock first, draft, but... they're like putting him in the 17th average drafted position at this point. <laughs> like he moved know, way up because of his yeah. So. He's gonna be a stud, dude. And I would yeah. he, I think him, and that's why I want Dalton Schultz, because I think Dalton Schultz would be absolutely perfect fit with Jordan Love. He's first year starter. You think he's gonna get paid? Dalton Schultz? Yeah. Oh yeah. What do you he's think? Be- give give me opinion, a range. He, in my opinion, he was the best tight end on the market, um, free agent market, and I think he'll any fall between anywhere in at least eight and ten million dollars a year. Okay, what and that's why on the conservative side, I'm just I think <clears throat> I'm just going off what I saw. I think it's Spot Track has him at like twelve or thirteen million a year, and even if he's yeah, on the right. eight, to, I think he's getting nine. That sounds about right. And even if he's in the eight to ten range, like that's probably still out of the Packers price range, unfortunately, yeah. just because of where that's they sit salary cap wise. If we're, if we're going to sign him, we're going to have to be a low cap. And um, when, you know, we have it open up next year, he'll get some money. But for, for us to get him, I think we'd have to get him in the eight to $10 million range. And I would love it. Would you do, would you do Foster Moreau three for 15? I don't know. Look at, look at the Vikings just gave up. Three years, twenty-two million for a guy that I I literally had to look that guy's name up. I had never heard of him. I've never like, heard of him. He either. had like seven I, catches I felt, in his entire career or something. I felt like a casual. I was like, I they don't paid even him twenty-two this guy million dollars to block. <laughs> yeah, me too. I was like, who is this? So, He's an right, offensive lineman that wears an '80s number. The tight end market is a little wonky. So, but Dalton Schultz for me coming out was the best ten tight end on the the free agency market yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I still think I still think Foster Moreau would be a decent option, whether you want to go short term or a little bit longer term with him, uh, especially if you can get him for a lower average annual value. But you know, like we all have said now, this is a a deep tight end draft, and tight end is another one of the positions we're going to cover with our draft reviews or our draft would coverage. You, so, would you give Dalton Schultz the Alan Lazard contract four years, forty four million? I would. Yes. 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 Yeah. That's not even close to me. Yeah. <laughs> I would do that right now. <laughs> Sam doesn't think Lazard is worth four for 44. I was surprised they gave him the four years, not the 11 million a year. In a world where Christian Kirk is making 21 million a year, I think 11 million a year for Lazard is Christian good. Kirk is a stud. He literally, he's, he's good. He's a thousand yard wide receiver, but still, baller. 21 to 11 is nearly double, Jake. He's double the wide receiver. He's double Lazard. <laughs> Not even close. They're not even in the same world. Lazard is a is a big guy that blocks really good, and he's like, and he scored fourteen touchdowns in the last two years. You That's like touchdowns? He played with Aaron Rodgers. That's good. A lot of people score touchdowns with Aaron Rodgers. Tyler, you know who didn't score touchdowns with Aaron Rodgers? Who? The last two seasons, Robert Tunyon. I mean, two years ago he was pretty good. I'll just say that, that. was two years ago. That's what I said. I work with a Bears fan. I told him, I'm like, if you get 2020 Robert Tunyon, like, you'll be super excited. If you get 2022 Robert Tunyon, like, you know, 
he's solid, but you they saw Justin Fields throwing the ball. They shouldn't be expecting Robert Tunyon to be the number one production. So. I mean, they shouldn't have traded the number one pick, and they should have took a quarterback, but that's the Bears, so I hope they've messed everything up. <laughs> All right. Anybody else want to say anything about Josiah DeGuara? No, he's average. All right. <laughs> let's let's do this one real quick. Anybody anybody, feel free to jump in on Kamal Martin. Next. Okay. <laughs> we got like one good season from him. His rookie year, he was decent. And he got cut. Better. Like, didn't he have some discipline issues or something? Something happened. He got cut. Like, surprisingly, I was I was at one of the training camp practices. I think it was one of his last ones before he was released. And they were lining him up at edge rusher. And in the moment, that should have been my sign that, all right, it's it's not working. They're just trying to find some mm-hmm. sort of fit for him on this team. Um, it wasn't until after. The news came out however long after that that was that he was cut where you know hindsight's 2020 but in the moment that should have been my sign that they're just trying to figure out a spot for him on this football field <laughs> yeah. yeah and like i said i think his rookie year was the best we got out of him was when he was filling in for some other guys that were injured and we got some solid and it's like oh this guy can actually hit you know like this guy lays the wood a little bit and you know and then kind of just fizzled out from there i'll never forget <laughs> talking to Minnesota fans because he went to Minnesota. And they were like, oh, my God, I'm so mad that you guys got Kamal Martin. He's going to be an all-pro. I'm just thinking, like, dude, we literally drafted him in the fifth round. How many how many all-pros are just dying in the fifth round? You know what I mean? Like, And linebacker at that point. And then all of a sudden he's, like, cut. And I'm just like, what happened to all those all-pros that I was promised? None of them. Um, Sam said it's funny that the, the Bears are signing all of our average players. I don't know what it is with our division and being obsessed with signing former Packers. Like the yeah. Bears, Vikings, Lions, like they've all done it in very recent memory. Has to be Two like of a the familiar, three done it this season. <laughs> has to be like a familiarity thing, right? It's like like a, they see them, they prepare for them. Yeah, Tell us their whole playbook. Actually, I, I, that's a good point, Paul. I actually agree with that. The Bears signed, what, two of them last year? Uh, the Vikings signed two our Z last year, and then they got Lowry this year. The Lions, of course, got Jamal. I mean, they so went the after Vikings, uh, Geronimo the Allison. Took and, Sullivan last year too. Yeah, oh, the Bears took Sullivan EQ and Lucas yeah. Patrick. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> That's funnier God. the more you think about it because the list gets longer. Yeah. That's a long All right, list. this one, this this might be. Might be the best pick of the draft as far as a production has gone. Like AJ Dillon is probably up there, but I mean John Runyon Jr. has been kind of a set it and forget it guy on the offensive line. I think we've gotten really, really consistent production from John Runyon Jr. Paul, what are your thoughts on on John Runyon Jr.? Yeah, I think consistency is the best way to put it. I remember on two, I think it was two separate occasions that at least stand out to me in the locker room last year where Rogers said was talking about the most consistent, steady people along the offensive line. And you mentioned Runyon on both occasions. I mean, he's ranked very highly by uh, pro football focus in terms of blocking efficiency or pass blocking efficiency, I should say. So, yeah, he's been he's been a, a terrific pickup for them, can play either guard spot. Um, yeah, I think he's been a great pick, obviously. Um, Greg brought up, too, with the, uh, the NFC North Swapsky going on. Julius Peppers, Adrian Amos. Um I mean, Tanya doesn't Tanyan. count, dude. They 
He barely played. He yeah, barely practice squad guys is harder. Like, picking we guys off him. of, yeah. I'll give you Julius Peppers and Adrian Amos. Those two are fair, but you can also. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So just turn around and say the Bears also took haha Clinton Dix. So yeah, and Bears fans were saying, <laughs> never mind, never mind. I don't want to get in too much of a shit talk. I'm in a shit talking mood right now. So all right, Bryant, what are you thinking about John Runyon Jr.? Yeah, for me, he's this. Uh, depending on what happens with Jordan Love, he's a steal of the draft, right? Um, to me, he's just a solid plug and play. I think he has a chance to be a consistent starter for us for ten years. Mm-hmm. Like uh, yep. he's that kind of player. Like. He's just kind of really over where, where there's been a lot of injuries and stuff. He's been the consistent person on the line over the last couple of years. Uh, you know, so ha, did we extend him already? No, not yet. Not yeah, yet. So he, I think our, I think our uh, order of extensions to go Rashawn Gary and then John Running Jr. Right. So I think. Uh, I tossed Kenny Clark in there, but. Yeah. Well, I thought we just had done him, but yeah. They restructured um, him. They didn't extend him yet. Yeah, so but for John Ronan Jr. in specific, he's just been very consistent, great six round pick. I mean, absolute steal of the draft, and um, just I think he has a chance to start for us for ten years. I think Unlike for him, next two offensive linemen you're gonna put up on the screen. <laughs> I think too, it's he should get some credit for going from left guard to right guard to left guard to right guard to left guard to right guard all over the last two seasons, depending on who's healthy and who's not and who's sucking a lot, Bryce Newman, um, and who is not. But, you know, Jake, what are you thinking with uh, with John Runyon Jr.? I think he he's one of those guys that you don't give enough credit to, in my opinion. You know, we have the All-Pro. We, have, we Everybody talks about Bakhtiari. Whatever the hell your opinion on that guy is, I think he's still 
very good to great, in my opinion. Fill out the um, apology forms. Yeah, fill out the apology forms. Um, then you get Jenkins, Myers. Myers has been up and down. But, you know, and then you get over to Yash on, at the right tackle spot, which I really hope that we don't give him up. I think that would be a mistake, in my opinion. Um, but then you, you forget about John Runyon Jr., and he's just consistent. I mean, he he had his his mishaps, you know, his, his first year, but he's overall uh, he's been a very damn good player in my opinion. I remember being really excited, and probably a stupid reason, but I was like, man, his dad was really good. So he's probably grown up around football. He's seen how his dad's going to teach him how a locker room works, how to handle himself like a professional. He we went to a big, Matthews family. Yeah, he went to a big time school. He went to Michigan. So I mean, he's he's played in big time games, big time moments. He's played against. Other big time players, you know, playing against Ohio States and Penn States and Wisconsin's and Iowa, you know, don't forget about Iowa. They they develop a lot of good NFL players over there. They do. But uh, Runyon Jr. has been very good, and he definitely could turn out to be the the steal of the draft. If he if he carves out a ten year career, that that's a steal in the sixth round. That's damn near robbery. That's a steal in the fourth round. <laughs> it fucking a man. I think I think what is kind of being tiptoed around, but not actually having been said yet, is that it's a good thing if you don't hear the names of your offensive linemen. Yep. If you're not hearing their name and number called, that's a good thing. That means they're not giving up sacks and they're not drawing penalties. That's that's the big thing with offensive linemen is that you don't want to hear their names and numbers called, except unless it's the beginning of the game when they're introducing themselves. But... <laughs> um, Sam asked, what are your guys' opinion? Do you think they sign Dylan next year? Sam, we talked about uh, A.J. Dylan a little bit earlier. My thought is that they try to do it before the season starts. But what are you guys' thoughts before we get into these last four picks all at once? But do you guys think they try to extend Dylan before, during, after the season? I don't really have a thought on it until after the draft. We'll see. What, I think we're going to draft a running back in the the – or middle rounds Three, for four, sure. Five. I just want to see what type of running back it is. If it's the workhorse, then I think we probably keep Aaron Jones for this year and next year. If it's more of an Aaron Jones type, I think we extend, you know, AJ Dillon. And if we can get him, I don't think we give him a huge extension, but maybe two years, like 18 million or something. If we can get him to sign something like that on top of what he has, I think you could, you know, try to do something like that. Paul? I tend to lean towards them bringing him back. I, I don't know when an extension take place. Maybe they get through the season and you know do it before free agency starts. But I think just looking at the running back room next year, like I'd mentioned, I mean Jones's uh, cap hit's going to be massive. He very well could be a cap casualty. This could be his last year in Green Bay. And then if they don't intend to re-sign Dylan on top of that, you know you're down your two starting running backs. Like even if they spent a third round pick on one this year, and you know is he going to get enough playing time with behind Jones and Dylan for them to know, Oh yeah, he's going to be the guy. We can let both these guys walk that I'm not so sure of. So for just kind of the state of the running back room, the salary cap, I tend to think that he would be back. Uh, All right. I am also leaning. Yes. And I'm also leaning. They are drafting a running back because they literally have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anybody want to say anything about Jake Hansen, Simon Stepaniak, Vernon Scott, or Jonathan Garvin? Scott's been good on special teams. Garvin's seen way too many Still defensive like snaps for his production. Like 600 snaps, and he's got like one and a half career sacks. Like, just get him off the team already. I'm sorry. I'm, I just, <laughs> he is. Maybe that's a little ruthless, but 600, like, 
they continue to keep him around, and I just I don't get the appeal, I guess. And I thought they um, I'm trying to think of what player they cut this last off uh, preseason and kept Garvin instead. And I was keeping Ali, like, yeah, probably keeping Ali or someone else. So it was just like, what's the point? So. Yeah, I wrote down that Garvin's on the hot seat. I mean, he was a healthy scratch during several games during the second half of the season last year. Better. With with the edge rusher position being a big question mark already once they lost Gary, and he was still you know, a healthy scratch at that point. The edge rusher position in general, the depth has to get better. I mean, once Gary went down, the consistent pressure from that group was – it wasn't consistent, I guess is what I should say. And then as a whole, that group can – get better against the run and setting edges. So honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if that was like their first round pick, just given the depth of this draft class at the position uh, guys tested incredibly well at the combine. I know who Jake uh, wants. It, it's a big need. It's one of the, you know, we talk about one of the more important positions in football. They all are, but one of the more important positions in football that's up there. Like it just checks a lot of Brian Gudikin's boxes in terms of, you know, what he looks for in round one deep yeah. class, uh, top athletes, premier position, you know, things of that nature. So, but they definitely have to give that pass rush a boost. And I wouldn't be surprised if Garvin's the odd man out. And then uh, Jake Hansen, coach and staff loves him. I mean, I, Adam Stenovich talks highly of him, or he did last summer. Um, I, I, get, I guess they appreciate his ability to play any of the three interior. Offensive line so, positions. Does he have but... the ability to play the three positions because he came in for I the mean, one game. He played it better than Royce injured. Newman did, and we were sad when Jake Hansen got hurt this year, and Royce Newman had to go back into the game. <laughs> I think with the the depth of the offensive line position that they have, and then also knowing that they're probably going to draft, you know, for sure <laughs> one, probably two players, and they've drafted three in the last three drafts, like. Again, he's going to be someone who this summer is on the hot seat fighting for a yeah. roster spot. I think if we for sure, just to touch on that, if we for sure get that, if we get the Jets first round draft pick, I would love the pass rusher. I, the name escapes me right now out of Iowa. Lucas Van Ness. And, yeah, Lucas Van Ness mixed That's with the guy like, that Jake wants. like Jordan Addison or, you know, in Jigba or something right in there in that sweet spot. That'd be pretty fun. Harris Johnson. Van Ness is another like Packers y. Tight pick, like can play inside and out, tested out of his mind, like it just screams. Dude, he's Packers. built like Hercules. Have you seen this man? <laughs> Holy camoli! There it is, Tyler. There it is, Tyler. <laughs> hey, yes, is. got Jake's catchphrase. Holy camoli! All right, <laughs> holy camoli. Jake Hansen. I'll just say he's depth. That's all I'm gonna say about him. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna dog walk him. It is what it is. Simon, whoever the hell you are, thanks for coming. Uh, Vernon Scott. I actually was a fan of Ernest Scott in preseason. Right. I thought he was I thought he's gonna make some noise. I thought he's gonna stay on as a depth piece, and I thought he was pretty good at special teams. He's got um, special obvi- teams. Obvi- I mean, our special teams was pretty dog shit when he first got here, but it's it's good now. But um Garvin, and I, I'm getting sick and tired of going after Paul because he's taking all my thoughts. But <laughs> I was gonna say that just shows how bad our depth is at outside linebacker at Garvin is still on this this roster. And if didn't we had playing time over a fifth round rookie or Justin Hollins who was cut from the Rams and brought in in the middle of the season. Think, yeah, think about that. And who I hope the, the Packers bring back. Mm-hmm. And, and and Paul Paul is a very smart man and I agree that we are going to go after an outside linebacker because Gary coming off injury and Preston Smith's only getting older. 
And again, that depth at outside linebacker is awful. And it's a heavily rotated position. It's it's yes. typically four guys who are seeing steady snaps every game. Like you need and our third best as a rookie. <laughs> who 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 is the outside linebacker coach again? Rebervich. Yes, yes. I remember I had to do research on him last year, and he talked about he wanted to have two guys rotate in for two guys every couple of series. Like he wanted a two-man squad and a two-man squad. So obviously Preston Smith and Gary are one two-man squad. He wants to build a, a backup two-man squad. So getting that depth, that outside linebacker, is definitely important for the way that he wants to handle things over there. And it's all it's, it's one of the most expensive. I mean, look what the Vikings are giving Davenport like thirteen million. That dude produced like a half sack last year, which is mind boggling. I'm glad they're signing him. Like, but like, it's so expensive to go out and get somebody really, unless you get someone like that. Justin, um, was it Justin? Justin who do we get? Yeah, Justin Collins. Yeah, and and um, Whitney Merciless, like we did the year prior or whatever. Mm-hmm. So if you can find someone like that, it's just to add depth. We definitely need to add something there. So I think adding, you know a player in the first round, if we get that extra pick for sure. And then going, um, you know, maybe finding some that's towards the end of their career that we can get for a little bit cheaper, just to help us with depth. I think that would be the way to go. Sir. Yeah. And I think bringing back Justin Hollins is definitely something they should consider. And even maybe Eric Wilson, he was another guy who contributed on special teams that could maybe mix in and play you a couple linebacker snaps here and there. Unless you start putting Walker up there too. So on the edge. So they did do that at the end of last year as well. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. I loved it. I think he could be a star out there, dude. Although he's pretty good inside, too. <laughs> I mean, he can get inside or outside because he's fucking freakishly fast. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a very Jimmy good John's freaky fast. <laughs> stop All right, Paul, people. thanks for jumping on. I appreciate it. Uh, hopefully, have you back maybe after the draft. Thanks for hopping on with us to talk about 2022 or 2020 draft class. And uh, hopefully, have you back soon. Sounds great, guys. Appreciate you. Take care. Yeah, you too. Have a good, night. Thank you. Have a good one. Oh, All right. You guys ready to talk some wide receivers? Yes. All right. So I'm going to give Simons first, and then we'll just go Bryant, Jake, me, and we'll just go around the horn. And we're going to go 1 1 1 all the way through 20. We each have some guys to elaborate on. And. I'll start with Simons. I think we all, I think, have a, uh, a consensus number one. But Simon has Quentin Johnson number one. I have Quentin Johnson number one. Brian, Same who's number your number one. one? Quentin Johnson. Jake, who's your number one? He's the best. That's all. He's the best say. in the draft class. He's the best. He's, he's your guy to talk about. So give us some he's Quentin six. Johnson. Uh, well, he's six foot four, and he runs really, really fast. So that that's a great combination to have. And when I was thinking about Christian Watson, yeah, I was like, what's better than one Christian Watson? Two Christian Watsons. Is four Christian Watsons. Let's let's just draft all six four guys <laughs> that run four 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 threes, right? That'd be amazing. So th- this is what I noticed. First of all, they use him on end arounds, they use him on jet sweeps, kind of like Christian Watson was used. He has that vision, he has that rack ability. And the thing that I found you know that that was the the most crazy part about this is he's a big guy and he looks a little bit thicker than uh christian watson he has some shake to his game he has Mm -hmm. really really nice feet he has really really good hands crazy body control for a big guy and like i said he's a rack monster i watched i watched the, the highlight 
of of him against Kansas, he was eating them alive all day. There were there could have been fifteen defenders on the field, and he was still getting yards and making people miss. And it wasn't like he's just running people over because of his pure size. He's running past people. He's he's juking them out. He's just he's a fantastic just prospect. Honestly, he, he I might fall in love with him just because of his size and speed. And he's the best one in the draft with size and speed. He's his spin move stood out to me so much from watching his tape. Like he makes a catch and he pivots to spin. Like it's it's so quick and crisp. It's not something that it's like, okay, you know, this guy's just trying to lumber for two extra yards. It's like quick foot in the ground and he's going in the other direction. That mm-hmm. stood out to me as well with him. And that uh, adds to your running after the catch. Um, yeah, point just body him. control, man. For for a guy that size to to run that fluidly, it really reminded me of Watson when, when I watched his highlight film last year. And you I were in love with Watson, it. so <laughs> that's true. I did have yeah, I had him. I was high on Watson. I have a guy that I'm high on this year, and we'll get into number two. Simon's got Jackson Smith, Nigma. Um, number two, I have Zay Flowers. I'm super high on Zay Flowers. I have him at my number two. Uh, Brian, who is your number two? So my number two is Jordan Addison. We'll let um, Jake say his, say his number two, and then I'll talk more on Jay, uh, Jordan yep. Addison. My number two is Jalen Hyatt. Whoa, all right. Told I you knew I it, you, you said he was the guy that you were high on. Zay Flowers yeah, was, just... my, was my high guy. So, all right, Brian, you're going to talk a little bit about Jordan Addison. Uh, what, yeah, what... so watching his highlights, one of the things that's really stood out to me is like, his balance through contact for a small dude. He's like measured between 5'11 and six foot, you know, 173 pounds. Uh, he didn't run as well that he, as you, he wanted to at the, um, the combine, but he, if you watch his, uh, his tape, he's faster than that. I mean, four, four, nine is fine too. Right. So you want, you know, if you, you're talking about a wide receiver, that's, you know, six foot, 175 pounds or whatever around that area, you want him to be a little bit quicker, but so he's a former Blitnikoff winner and he played very well at both USC and, um pittsburgh so the thing about him is he like his route running is great already and he has really good uh ball skills and like i said he has a way he makes people miss and stays balanced after he um, catches the ball if you go watch his um highlights so and the thing with his route running is he's going to be able to be an impact on whatever team he joins right away so he, he's really good at like altering his pace and, and creating separations that way. Um, one of the things we really like about Romeo Dobbs, I know he struggled with a few drops, but he had really plucky hands. That's kind of what Jordan Addison has. Like if he gets a, a hot ball thrown him in a tight window, he, he catches it with his hands away from the body, which is nice to see. And um, like I said, he does lack a little bit of size. So if they can get their hands on him, it's going to limit him a little bit. But really for him, what I see is he's going to be like, if you add him to our offense, say he's probably going to be the highest volume receiver he's going to get a lot of targets um that's it. and that's what he's going to thrive in is finding space and zone and getting those those targets and i think that could be great for opening up like christian watson and some i know you know i'm not always high on the comparisons but the player and i looked into like what he scored at the combine and stuff his comparison is Devonte smith like if you give me Devonte smith on this team i'm pretty happy with that yeah. so um i think he could come in and he could be our target leader pretty quickly with opening up huge plays for Christian Watson. So. Yeah, that's and that's a fair thing to bring up. I mean, the the comparisons, I'm not super high on them either. Like one of the four guys that I'm going to talk about, I do have one comparison to make, but it, it really highlights the the ceiling that a guy like that has. 
Um, yep. Greg said Johnson's been the only A-rated wide receiver in many draft reviews, and that's certainly the case. I mean, you could tell all four of us had him consensus number one, and we all had different number twos. <laughs> there's a lot of slot-type receivers in this draft. There's yeah. tons of them, and there's a couple guys lower in the, the top ten that I really, really like as well. If I could just say one thing about Jordan Addison, I would say that if you're gonna if, if you're not drafting for potential and you're drafting for a guy that you think can make it the best impact day one, I think Jordan Addison is the guy that's the most sure, like he's the most sure bet. Like we know what we're getting out of this guy. That that's my opinion on it. I think that he's he's I'd, the guy I'd put him second on that list. Yeah. And I think he would be a great slot. Cool. And what I like seeing was well he he ran a lot of those like wide receiver screens, like quick outs and stuff like that too. So Mm-hmm. And like just made people miss. So, yeah. Um, Greg said it's weird that Addison was better at Pittsburgh with Pickett at QB versus USC, better opponents, I guess. I mean, that's that's all context type stuff. I mean, it's um, his hands did improve from 2021 to 2022. So, that's a good thing. He had fewer drops than he did at Pittsburgh despite him winning the Bolitnikoff that year. Um, Mike, welcome back. He said it's been a while since he's been able to join. We're still here. And getting into number three, uh, that's where Simon has Jordan Addison. Number three, I have Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, Brian, yep. who's your number three? And I'll get Jake's, and then I will talk a little bit more about JSN. Okay, so Jake will like this one because my number three is Jalen Hyatt. So. He's good. Uh, he's, I also have JSN as number three. Yeah. All right, so JSN, he's six foot one, 200. Jake said he thinks that Jordan Addison might be the most, um, you know, locked and loaded starter for day one, but I think it's, I think it's JSN. I think he's got the highest floor. Um, to me, he seems like the, the safest pick if you're going to take one in the first round. Um, personally, I don't think even if the Packers get number 13, I don't think Quentin Johnson's going to make it that far. I really don't. Um, I think especially with teams looking to move back, if Arizona were to trade number three to move back, to say, say number nine or ten, I could see them taking him if they're shipping out DeAndre Hopkins. It's not a bad, bad thought process. Um, so I could see him going somewhere in that nine, ten, eleven range and not even making it to thirteen or fifteen. But if you're at fifteen and JSN is there, six foot one, two hundred, he's not super speedy, but he still finds ways to get separation and yards after the catch. Um, he made. 92% uh, catches on catchable balls in 2022, which is what you obviously you want to see guys making catches on the walls that they should. Um, he's another great route runner, and he had a, a 934 RAS score. That's something that Brian Gutekunst has put a lot of stock into is the RAS scores. Um, so that's something that makes me think that uh, JSN will be um, – a target for Brian Gutekunst at that 15. Um, the hamstring, that's something um, I think the latest I saw was that they weren't concerned about it, that it would be a training camp issue. So it's, I don't know, it's going to be the guys that are making that decision get paid a lot more money than I do, considering <laughs> that we do this show <laughs> for, for the for fun free. of it and for future <laughs> prospects <laughs> in hopes that we get paid to do it someday. But um, guys that get paid to do this for their jobs definitely know more about the hamstring than we will, especially being as in college, they don't have to be quite as transparent with injuries as they do in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
Bryant, talk to me about Jalen Hyatt. Okay. <clears throat> I wanted to speak on JSM for one second. But the Go only thing it. that concerned me with him is um, – most of his production came in like a sixth game window. And then the only thing that rubbed me the wrong way, and I, I have him, I'll be, I have him ranked number four. So it's not like I'm super low on him. It's sitting out that semifinal game in the championship just rubbed me the wrong way. Cause I think they beat TCU if he plays, but <clears throat> that's, that's my thought on him. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be upset if we got him. Cause I think he could come in and he could be a contributor right away. Nobody's um, going to yeah, bring up to, his Rose Bowl record. Nobody's going to bring that up. JSN, bro, he had 15 oh, catches yeah, for yeah. 347 like, yards and three that's touchdowns. That's what I'm saying. All the like most of his production came over the last five, six games of 2021. But uh, moving on to Jalen Hyatt, this dude is a stallion, right? I I was watching his tape and and I mean he has his flaws, and I'll get to him in a second. But I was just imagining him on one side and Christian Watson on the other, and like the absolute nightmare that would be for defensive coordinators. So Jalen, Jalen Hyatt, he is a deep threat. That's what his ability is going to be. Like his thing is going to be, he's a deep threat with, um, he, he disguises his explosiveness really well. So he'll kind of like get level with the cornerback or defensive back and then he'll just blow past him. Right. So he does run a limited route tree, but that's like, he runs really crisp routes when it comes to deep crossers and deep routes. So, um, he he did, he has good ball skills, but he'll you know struggle a little with contested catches. But this is just he's just so explosive. If you can get him in uh, end rounds, or if you can get him screens too, like he can he'll take the you know take it to the house because you know six one one eighty is a little slender, but that four forty speed he's just he's just so explosive. So I think if we can get him mixed with Christian Watson, you're gonna you're gonna see some light boxes for one for Aaron Jones and. Um, AJ Dillon, because if you have those two on the outside, they can beat you over the top at any time in the game. Um, so another thing about him is his size is he's 180, but he's a pretty good blocker on the outside too. And I know Green Bay loved that. I think he had like a 9.46 RAS score, which Green Bay loves. So uh, his his field stretching ability is just insane. And he just like you will watch him. He'll set up the defensive back and then he'll cut inside and he's gone. So. At, watch us watch his highlight tape and play after play after play. It's just he's three four yards behind the defender and just waiting for the ball to get to him. <laughs> he so. was this year's Bolitnikov winner, and he unofficially this was before the combine. He unofficially ran a four two nine forty. Yeah, insane. You know I have to say something about my man. I was gonna yeah. say that, so thank you for pointing that out. Um, also, you talked about his slender build. Since he's come to college, he's put over thirty pounds on. I think he still has the frame because he has long arms. He has very long arms, 32-inch arms. He has the frame to add probably 10 more pounds. So he could yep. be around that 200-pound range. Six, 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 one, 200 pounds, that's a good-sized player. His coming-out party was against Alabama. 270 yeah. oh, that's, I wanted to Yeah, I want to touch on that. Like, he had crazy good um, production against Alabama and Georgia. Like, and those are the two best teams he's yep. going to play, and he really showed up. That's um, true. And like, um, and played against it. Like that was his best game. So yep, and that that's why I was pointing it out. I'm glad yeah. I, I brought that up and remind you of it. He's going against other NFL players in that instance. Yeah. Also, just want to point out, he had a 156.5 quarterback rating when targeted. It's pretty fucking good. Yeah, yeah, that'll do. <laughs> um, Greg likes the wide receiver from West Virginia, pegged for round three. I'm not sure which wide receiver that is. I had a really hard time paying attention to colleges because that. 
just doesn't really matter to me, but yeah, I I'm drawing a blank on which one that is. So if you can find his name, Greg, we'll probably end up talking about him at some point. Um, Bryant, um, you go first for your number four. Um, Simon's number four is the guy that he's got um, the notes so my, on. So yeah, Bryant, my number, number four is uh, JSN. Jake, who's your number four? Uh, I have Addison as number four. I also have Jordan Addison, number four. Simon had Zay Flowers at his number four. Um, Simon's notes for Zay Flowers. He's 5'10", 172 pounds. He's undersized. He's the guy that reminds me more of Devontae Smith, that that size player. Um, he's got big, big yard after catch ability, can turn on the speed immediately, has the ability to separate with ease, one of the most explosive wide receivers in the draft, which I agree with. That's why I'm so high on him. Um, he's a little bit undersized with a smaller catch radius. He did have nine drops last season, which is a little concerning. Um, and hasn't shown the ability to be a good run blocker, but he'll be picked in the first or second round. So that's what Simon had with his notes. Um, he did run a 4-4-2 official 40 and a 4-3-7 unofficial 40. But his speed and elusiveness are such a big deal for him. And for me, one of the like the main things that I'm looking for for the Packers to get in the in the draft this year with a wide receiver is I want a guy that can get separation. So for a guy like Zay Flowers, who's got the quick feet, the elusiveness, and the quick twitch, that's what Devontae Adams had. And I'm not trying to replace Devontae Adams, but you know what I'm saying when I say Devontae Adams and his quick twitch. He didn't need to hand fight with anybody to get open. He used his feet, and he was already open. He didn't have to fuck around with hand fighting. So a guy like Zay Flowers, who's got the quick twitch, the elusiveness, and the speed, who can get open with his feet, that's the kind of guy that I want. That's why I'm so high on Zay Flowers. But Simon's got him at number four. Um, Jake, who's your number five? Zay Flowers. <laughs> All right. Brian, who's your number five? My number five is uh, Cedric Tillman out of Tennessee. For him, I just think like he's big and strong and contested catch. Like for me, what I wrote down for him is like he's like he would remind me of an Alan Lazard type wide receiver. 6'3, 215, runs a four five, just makes contested catches, has big arms, long arms. So that's what I have for him. I'm probably a little higher on him, but yeah. I had him and yep. Josh Downs right in the same. <laughs> I had him and Josh Downs right there in that in that spot there. All right. Number five, I had uh Rashi Rice. At number five, um, Simon has Jalen Hyatt there. Um, number six, that's where I have Jalen Hyatt. Um, and, I, and I'm not not dogging him or anything like that, but Simon has Josh Downs at six. That's where I have Jalen Hyatt. Brian, who do you have at six? Uh, Josh Downs. Josh Downs. Jake, who do you have at six? Josh Downs. All right, talk about him. Uh, Josh Downs, man, uh, I'm going to start with a quote that he said, and it made me know everything about him before I even started scouting him. Have to be fearless in the slot. And at that moment, I knew this little dude had the dog in him. And I love everything about this kid. He has the ability to change speeds. So he has this innate ability because he has incredible, incredible acceleration. So he has this ability to set you up, and he's only going to be a slot because he he's a little mini Mouse guy. But 
he's tough as nails. So don't let his size fool you because he will try to run you over. He's probably not going to, but he's going <laughs> to try. But he has crazy, crazy acceleration. He sets people up very good inside, which is why he's such a good red zone threat. He's been a good red zone threat his, his entire career. Um, he sets up defenders when running routes. He's very good at that. And his his ability to just track the deep ball as well, that's something that's a little underrated for a small guy. And I'm not big on the comparisons either, but when I watched him, I'm not going to lie, I was like, this guy could be Brandon Cooks. Can I give you a number that you'll really like about Josh Downs? What's that? Contested catches. He was 13 of 18, 72.2%. That's the highest in this draft class for wide receivers. He's got the dog in him. He has four 1,000-yard seasons. He had two in high school and two in college. I do like him a lot. He's a little underrated. He is my number seven. I have Josh Downs at number seven. Um, Okay. Michael likes Xavier Hutchinson from Iowa State. Michael, spoiler alert, I do not have him in my top 20. What? Neither. He's, he's, my, he's, he's my number 21. but He's he's in my top 20, but he's eh, mid. I would I personally wouldn't take him in the second or third. But um, at number seven, I have Josh Downs. Jake, who do you have number seven? Marvin Mims. Oh, all right. All right. Brian, who do you have number seven? Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers. Kind of low on my guy there. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, Zay Flowers is kind of a baller. I I like like Zay Flowers a lot. Yeah. Uh, Number seven, Simon has Rashi Rice. 6'3", 206, very light feet, excels in short area quickness and also has good body control and the ability to high point balls. He's got a tall frame with a huge catch radius. Does have a limited route tree and needs to show more advanced in the NFL. Also, some concerning ball security with fumbles and drops. He does expect Rice to be taken at the end of the second or third round. Um, he did run a 4 4 5 40, um, has great hands. Mike Simon had in his notes, great body control. The other thing that I would mention with Rashi Rice, and a part of why I have him at number five, a 9 6 5 RAS score. So another super high RAS guy. That's one of the things that had me bumping up Christian Watson last season was that his was so high. But, um, Jake, talk about your guy, Marvin Mims. This guy is a competitor. Like, straight up, when he when he catches the ball, he's going to let you know about it. When he's running the route, he's going to tell you he's going to catch the ball and he's going to let you know about it. This guy is a straight-up competitor. He goes out there. He fights for everything. He's another guy like Josh Downs and others that we've mentioned. I think he's just primarily a slot wide receiver. I don't know if he can go outside. He's I'm sorry, not, my next two guys. <laughs> he, he's not tiny, but he's not big. I mean, he's 5'11", 184 is what I found. Yep. Um, so I have him as a second, third round kind of guy. But I just wanted to to, to say say these stats real quick before I, before I finish. He has the Texas high school record. And by the way, Football is pretty big in Texas, in high school football, if you didn't you know. Say that. Is it? Is it? He, he has the record 5,485 receiving yards. His senior season, listen to this shit, bro. I was like, what? 117 catches, 2,629 yards, 
32 touchdowns. It's like Derrick Henry's high school stats. That's his senior. That's one year. That is insanity, dude. Um, he's very aggressive when going after the ball. He high points the ball very, very well, in my opinion. And he run. And again, this is where the competitiveness comes into play. When he has the ball in his hands, he's looking to rip your face off. And to be honest with you, I think the Packers could use a little bit of that in their wide receiver room, and that's why I kind of have a little bit higher. They, 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 could, they could just use a guy that, that's like mm. – all right, we're, like Christian Watson seems like a nice guy. Like he's like the super athletic guy. He's a finesse. Fast. He just seems like a nice guy. I think they could use a mean streak in that room. They need, they need some dogs. The Packers yeah. have been a finesse team – for a long time. Yeah, one of the things I had for Marvin Min, uh, Mims is um, they they said, oh, he got schemed open a lot. Well, I guess we can do that, Matt, Matt LaFleur. The other thing was for his college career, 19.5 yards per catch. Just yep. That's a fifth of the field every time he touches the ball, <laughs> catches the ball. <laughs> um, two things that I would add to Marvin Mims, uh, 54.5 contested catch rate and a 913 relative athletic score. So another high RIS guy. One last thing. He has punt returned in his career. So I understand that we have Nixon, but if they wanted to protect Nixon and just keep him on kick returns, or if Nixon gets a bigger role on defense, I'm just saying that he could be an option as a punt returner. All right, Jake, give me your number eight right away. Number eight. I have Rice out of SMU. Okay. Brian, who's your number eight? I have Tyler Scott. Oh, shit. high on him. Higher, yeah, than, so. higher than me, that's for sure. Way higher than me. Yeah, I'll go into him after you. <laughs> Number eight is where Simon has Cedric Tillman. Um, he's got him at 6'3", 215, an outside wide receiver with the ability to use his size to lead block and get his hands on defensive backs. Uh, great contested catch radius and contested catch ability. Um, for contested catches, I have him at 42.9% in college, which, or in 2022, which isn't bad, but for a guy that size, personally, I'd like to see it higher. So I'm a little bit lower on Cedric Tillman. Um, also an excellent run blocker with a limited route tree. Um, doesn't have elite top speed to create second separation. Expects him taken in the third or fourth round. Um, I don't think that's outside the possibility. I do think he's got some tackle breaking ability. Uh, and that could stem from his size. But um, is there anything you guys wanted to add on Cedric Tillman before I give my number eight? He's just a big – he just looks natural catching the ball, in my opinion. He's a natural yeah. pass catcher on the outside. My number eight, this is – I'm going to be the highest on probably both of these next two guys. I have Nathaniel Dell, Tank Dell, as you might see him as. Um, he's another one of those small slot guys. He's very small. He's listed at 5'10", 163, but 4'4", speed, and he is shifty as hell. And one of the things that I like about him, he's also got that quick twitch. So he's shifty, the quick twitch. Um, he changes directions so fucking fast. It's I love watching it. Um, he's a smaller guy, so he does have the small catch radius. But for me, like I said, I'm prioritizing those guys that have the the quick twitch, um, the separation ability, change direction, and the good footwork. So that's what I like from Nathaniel Dell. And he is he's a little wiry. He's a small guy, but he'll throw it around with you. So I have him at number eight. Jake, who's your number nine? 
Yeah, uh, so Tyler Scott was my number eight, and I had he's one of the ones I was going to expand on. So if I can, do oh yeah, that. go for it, oh, go for it. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> so much higher on him than I. So <laughs> yeah, the reason I like him, and yeah, I knew I was pretty high on him, oh, but he, he was a junior Olympic sprinter. Um, and yeah, he ran a four 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 and forty. But if you go watch his tape, he just runs away from people. He has fourteen career touchdowns of thirty plus yards. A pretty fluid athlete who can like he uses his acceleration to um basically create separation at the top of the route. So, he, you know, he'll get open. Um, and another thing is he can do the jet sweeps and the wide receiver screens that we like so much. And he will struggle a little bit with the contested touch, uh, catches, but with his top end speed, and so I think he can create um, 55% separation. in 2022. So better than Cedric yeah. Tillman in contested catches. Yeah. So I think he could be a really, really uh, fun slot receiver for us just because of the speed out of that slot. Um Another one that, like, I know we don't want to do similarities, but similarities were to T.Y. Hilton, who's a very, you know, that wouldn't be a bad ad on our team, right? So I just, um, you know, a lot of the rankings I have, like, they're kind of chunked together, like the 8 to 12 are pretty similar and stuff like that. So, yeah, so Tyler Scott, like, if you go watch his tape, the four, like, you can see he's, his game speed is faster than 4-4, four, 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 in my opinion. So I think with him – the two things that I have written down that really stood out to me was his acceleration and he's slippery is what I have written down. Um, Not a guy that really goes down to the first contact a lot. Um, The wide receiver that Greg was talking about from West Virginia was Bryce Ford Wheaton. Um, Oh, okay. I looked at him a little bit, but he didn't make my top 20. He didn't make mine either, but he did have a nine, nine, six RAS. Yeah. Yeah. So shit. Yeah. I think he was a high steal late in the draft. That's pretty high score. Holy shit. That's what Christian Watson was last year. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> All right. Jake, who's your number nine? Nathaniel Dell. And you did a good job. <laughs> Appreciate it. Brian, who's your number nine? Marvin Mims. Marvin Mims. Uh, Simon has Michael Wilson, number nine. I have Kayshawn Butte. Okay. He's six foot, 205. Um, Four five forty, nothing crazy gonna blow you away about his speed, but um, he makes good breaks coming out of his routes, which is good for separation. What I noticed was his quarterback threw him a lot of not at the numbers passes, which forced him to do a lot of extensions and like snagging the ball out of the air. So for him, that made me notice he's got very very strong hands. At the, at the point of catching the ball. So for a guy who's, you know, potentially coming in with a first-year starting quarterback, you know, if whatever it be jitters or nerves for Jordan Love to maybe throw him a pass that's a little bit behind him or a little bit ahead of him, for him to be able to make those catches and have those strong hands, that was one of the things that really encouraged me about Romeo Dobbs last season was that, you know, third down, you throw to him, you know he's catching it. So that was one of the things that I liked from Keishon Butte. Also, breaks tons of tackles, so he gets a lot of yards after the catch. And it's, you know, six foot 205. He's not small. He's not big, but compared to the, a lot of the guys in this draft class, he is, does have some decent size. That's fair. <laughs> All right. Number 10, I have – that's where I have Cedric Tillman. I have Cedric Tillman at number 10. Um, Simon, that's where he's got Nathaniel Dell. Um, Bryant, who's your number 10? Uh, Jonathan Mingo. Um, 
Okay. So for him, I just a big strong slot receiver can run crisp routes. He's not gonna. He's not gonna. It, he does run a four four six, but he will. You know, he's six two 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 five. Um, so he probably doesn't play quite as fast, but he, you know, um, I got something for him that I think he's like. physically tough to work with his contested catches that he can, he can play that position. So kind of like what I had on Tillman as like a Lazard replacement. Mm-hmm. That's what kind of what I feel like for Mingo. I got something for Mingo that you'll like, Brad, Jake, who's your number 10 or your number 11? I'm sorry. When we get 10, to Mingo, 10, 10. uh, I, I have Cedric Tillman. When we get, when we get to Mingo, I want to add in when you're done. Okay. I have Mingo at number 11, so that's yep. where I'm going to go. Then I'm going to go. Simon has Kayshawn Butte at number 11. I have Jonathan Mingo. Like Bryant said, he's 6'2", 220, ran a 4'4", 6". He's a good route runner. Uh, he's a good blocker. He's got good footwork. He's strong. A 9.93 relative athletic score. His comparison, and like, like we said, we don't like to use the comparisons a ton, but I think this is one that really was like, oh, shit. His comparison is Anquan Bolden. That's he's he was a pretty good. I rookie. really like Jonathan Mingo. <laughs> I like him a lot. I think he's <laughs> definitely a guy who could have ranked higher than eleven. Um, personally, looking at the guys that I have at eight, nine, and ten, I wouldn't mind if you had Jonathan Mingo at number eight. I'd be willing to go that high on him. Um, Jake, what do you think about Jonathan Mingo? Well, I love the Anquan Bolden. Though sight that I, I know I, I he, he was getting compared to Debo Samuel. I like it. That that's although that's two pretty damn good players compared. I mean, it, it could definitely be worse. Can he break? Can you think maybe he'll break the third round? The third round. Uh, you know, I would love Jonathan Tyler. Mingo what did we round. say on the phone? What the fuck did we just say on the phone? <laughs> I literally called Tyler. While I was doing my research and I was watching Mingo, and we were both like, "He could break the third round stigma." <laughs> We literally said that. Dude, if we – okay. That's funny. Let's just say the first three rounds go like this. Say we get number 13. And say we take Lucas Van S. Say we take – uh, Let's see. Let's go, let's go Paris Johnson. Let's say we go Paris Johnson at 13 and 15. We get Lucas Van S. Paris Johnson. Second round, they go Darnell Washington. Third round, Jonathan Mingo. How are you feeling about that? I'm fucking happy, bro. <laughs> we literally filled every need with a good player. Except for safety, and that's yeah. something that they've kind of been addressing. So I can't safety, this is a weak safety class, to be honest. Yeah, it is. I agree with you. And we'll get there in a couple weeks. But um so let, let me add real it's gonna be, I'll keep it real quick. One, he can block. He's a yep. he's a he's a solid blocker. Two, yep. he's a better deep ball player than advertised. I understand that his speed is not everything, that's fair. but there is an art to tracking a deep ball, and he seems to have it. So I'll just say that's this. fair. Um, Greg's got a, said we got a nice wish list going, and we'll post all these too. Um, yeah. I'll probably post them all individually for all four of us, and then I'll probably, um, if I get real ambitious, average them out and see where we come to a consensus on them, and see how maybe we do a the Wisco Fanatics all four of us consensus wide receivers turn out. So. Um, Brian, who's your number 11? A.T. Perry. A.T. Perry. I like him a lot. I'm I'm surprised none of us picked him. I do really he's like A.T. Perry. Yeah, he's big, decent, you know, 6'4", 205, 4'7", four, four, speed, just tall, lengthy receiver with elite arm. Length. 924 so he does have, RAS. He's, yeah, he's like a high floor, low, I mean, high ceiling, low floor type of prospect. He does need to tighten up his drops and stuff like that, but yeah. I think he could be a fun player. I, I like that one. That's a good one. Jake, who's your number 11? 
uh, Mingo. All right. Who's your number 12? Uh, Butte. All right. I have Marvin Mims, number 12. Bryant, who's your number 12? Keishan Butte. Okay. Hey, hey. Simon has Jonathan Mingo, number 12. Nice. Um, number 13, that's where he has Marvin Mims. Number 13 is where I have A.T. Perry. Uh, Bryant, who's your number 13? Tank Dell. Tank Dell, all right. Jake, who's your number 13? Greg, you're going to like this one. Xavier Hutchinson. No, nope, that's Michael. That's Michael's guy. Oh, Michael? Greg likes, Greg likes Bryce Ford Wheaton. Oh, yeah, you're right. Michael Sorry. likes Xavier Hutchinson. Hey, that was Michael. You're right. Sorry, Greg, you stole my like. <laughs> <laughs> um, number 14, who do you got, Jake? Uh, Rakeem Jarrett. All right. I have Tyler Scott at 14. Um, so does Simon. Brian, who do you have at number 14? Rashi Rice. Rashi Rice? You got him that low. All right. Yeah, I'm not very high on him. I just, yeah, I don't, I don't like the, ta- uh, the you know, who he played in college and it's, he kind of came off as lazy in some of his route running and stuff. He could be very good, but I think he has he has to improve. Um, 15 is where Simon has A.T. Perry. 15, I have Michael Wilson. Um, Brian, who do you have at number 15? So I had Jaden Reed, and the one thing I want to highlight about him is he had three career punt return touchdowns. So, Yeah, punt returning is definitely a thing with him. Uh, Jake, who do you have at number 15? I also have A.T. Perry. So now I have a pick with all of you guys at the same time. All right, cool. Yeah, just unoriginal. All right, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's you had Jalen Hyatt at number two, and nobody else did. So That's that's fair. You're good. Uh, Jake, who do you have number 16? Uh, the Tavion Wicks. Oh, all right. He He was one of the first guys that I watched film on, and I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, like, all right, this is me getting back into film. And then it's like, okay, he's – not gonna make my top twenty. He's he's all right. He's all right. That's how I feel about him. He's he's like a boom bust pick in yeah. my opinion. He's all right. Um, number sixteen is where I have Jaden Reed. Um, sixteen. Simon also has Jaden Reed. Brian, who's your number sixteen? C.J. Johnson. Okay. All right. Who's your number seventeen? So my number seventeen is Trey Tucker. Ooh. He did not make my top. Not make my top twenty. Jake, who's your who's your number seventeen? Charlie Jones. Charlie Jones. All right. I have at number seventeen Dante Demas Jr. Um, Simon has Andre Yosivas from Princeton. But uh, Jake, talk to us about Charlie Jones. I really feel like I'm just gonna say this before I get into this. He could turn into the guy that's drafted late that all of a sudden they're like, how the hell did they let this guy slip to the fifth round? He has Julian Edelman written all That's, over him. Uh, yeah, he does. Julian Edelman is all over this dude. 5'11", yeah. he doesn't deserve to be here, blah, blah, blah. He's right? a great route runner. Um, he That's dominates damn near the middle surgical. of the And I don't know if you remember this. Do you remember that crazy catch he made at Wisconsin? Yes, I do. He made like 11 catches in that game, but yes. And remember, when we were highlighting that game, we both said that Charlie Johnson was, was the guy. Jones, sorry, um, yeah, Jones. was the guy to 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 slow down, to slow down Purdue's yep. offense. He was, yeah, he was very good. So coming out of high school, he was only a two star recruit. He started at Buffalo, he went to Iowa, and then when he finally got to a pass happy team, he showed his talent. He went to Purdue. He produced last year: 110 catches, thir- over 1,300 yards, 12 touchdowns. This guy ran a 4-4-3, so it's not like he's slow by any means. 
He dominates the middle of the field. He has great hands and great concentration, which definitely says something. Uh, he doesn't have mental lapses. Uh, he looks the ball into his hands, and he's explosive after he has the ball in his hands. Uh, he could take it to the house on you. So, Can I give you a stat? Yeah. 22 for 42 contested catches. That's uh, 52.4%. It's pretty good. So to have fifth, to have forty-two contested balls thrown your way, and come down with over half of them at five eleven, I mean, that's I'll take that all day. Yeah, <clears throat> all right, Jake, who do you have at eighteen? Uh, Tyler Scott, Bryant, who do you got at eighteen? So this is the last one I'm going to talk about, or that I'm highlighting is Jalen Moreno Cropper. All right, um, he's another one of those guys that's in like the five eleven range, hundred seventy-five pounds ish. He did run mm-hmm. a four four forty. Uh, he does. He's another person that can. He, he uses his speed and his tempo to really create their separation, beat the coverage. Um, good ball skills, but he does have. He has con- concerns with drops. But the thing that uh, kind of interests me is he could like be. This would be like I'm looking at like you know third round. I'm not third round, third day type of pick. Yep. So, um, I think he could be fun for trick plays because he's throwing a couple touchdowns and you can run jet sweeps and stuff like that. So I think he could be an interesting player and he has some good yak ability. So, all right. Uh, 18, I have Parker Washington. That's, um, that's Simon's guy. He's got him a little bit lower 18. Uh, Simon has Rakeem Jarrett at 19. That's where he's got Xavier Hutchinson. 19 is where I have Andre Yoshivas. Um, he's a guy six, three, two Oh five, four, four, three speed. Um, great size and speed combination combined for a 992 RAS. Mm. So another high RAS guy potentially be an option for the Packers. Um, Brian, who's your number 19? Um, Michael Wilson. Michael Wilson. I like him, but his injuries are just, that's why I had him so low is his injuries are very concerning, but he's he's like, he's another one of those guys that could be like an Alan Lazard replacement. Yeah. And and he's a team captain. He's got a large, he's, you know, really good at uh, route runner and stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. to play like, what was it like? seven or 14 games or whatever it was over the last three years is pretty concerning. Um, 934 relative athletic score for Michael Wilson. So Jake, who's your number 19? Real quick. I almost have Michael Wilson on mine, but the injury scared me as well. Um, I have Trey Palmer as my number 19. Okay. Who's your number 20? I can't say his name. Princeton wide receiver. Andre <laughs> Yoshimas. I'm not just, embarrassing just, myself. It's, he's from, he's from, Mario, it's Yoshi and then Vas. Yoshi Vas, Andre <laughs> Yoshi Vas. Boom, he's, he's got pretty it. big. He's he's big and he's got pretty good speed, so that's why he made the list over Michael Wilson. Yoshi Vas, that wasn't so hard, was it? I don't want to embarrass myself. I was looking at his name all day. I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Brian, who's your number twenty? So this one might actually end up turning into a tight end, but it's Elijah Higgins. He's six three, two hundred thirty five pounds, but ran like a four five four. Um, so. Pretty big dude, so he's got some decent balls, okay ball skills. So I just threw him in there because I think it, you know, his relative his relative athletic score was eight ninety nine, so still pretty high. Yeah. Um, Greg, this is team. our this is our Friday night time. We start at eight o'clock on Wednesdays. Jake and I start at four o'clock, and that's when we talk Bucks, Brewers, and then Badgers basketball and football. Yep. So you can catch us twice a week. Wednesdays at four, Fridays at eight. Um, my number twenty is Jake's guy. Charlie Jones, um, I like it. I like him. I definitely a late round guy that I would take a flyer on, and mm-hmm. I strongly agree with you that he's got Julian Edelman written all over him. 
I couldn't help it when I watched it. I was like, just grow a beard. You're right there. You're already <laughs> right, right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, number 20 is where Simon has Parker Washington. That's his last guy to highlight. 5'10", 215. He's got a bigger frame for his size, which you can tell by his size and weight. Good vision in the open field, has catch and run ability. Uh, strong, sticky hands, will catch anything coming his way. Good athleticism, quick feet, does have him as a slot only guy. He took 88% of his snaps in the slot. So Parker Washington pretty much locked Fuck. in the slot. Yeah. Um, limited catch radius, and he expects him taken in the third or fourth. Personally, I think Parker Washington is one of those guys that could slide, or he'll be a guy that gets reached on. I know it's, you know, not that you know, Nostradamus-like of me to protect a guy that gets either reached on or slides, but it doesn't have a lot of, you know, nuance to it for players that get picked exactly where they're projected to go. It doesn't happen very often. Um, Valus Jones, for example, is a guy that I really liked last year but did not want to pick him as early as the Bears did last year. I like the player, but not where he was picked. So that's the kind of thing that I could see with Parker Washington. I could see him being a guy who gets picked in the third round when he should be picked in the fifth, something like that. Um, Greg, I appreciate you tuning in and commenting along. That's why we do the shows live. So we can, uh, we can have the comments going along with the show. So I uh, definitely appreciate the interaction from Greg on the YouTube channel. Bring all um, your friends, Greg. Yes. Tell all of your, all friends your friends and tell them to tell their friends. And yeah. then maybe we can do these shows three times a week and then five times a week. That'd be, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. <laughs> um, Greg said, here's the hoping Rogers news is forthcoming so we can all zero in on possible picks. Yeah, that's what we were hoping as well. Um, it's <laughs> it's unfortunate that it could go all the way up to basically draft day. But we are going to be here every Friday night talking about more draft positions. Next week is offensive line. Um, and we have more positions coming every Friday up until the last Friday before the draft. That day we're going to do live mock drafts together. And then we are going to stream during the first and second days of the draft that Thursday and Friday night. We will be live streaming during during those so you can watch the draft with us and, and talk through the picks now that we've talked through the players. So um, definitely want to thank Paul Brettel again for joining us and mm-hmm. thank everybody who is watching and commenting along and, and thank you guys for, for bringing in your, your 20 wide receivers and Simon for sending me his notes. So we got to have his. Is there anything else you guys want to throw out about today's show? No, I just saw, I like all the the wide receivers talked about for Green Bay. It's sort of like we really need a true slot receiver. Yeah, we had Cobb, but like, and, you know, and we have two Ray that could still turn into something like that. But I think this is a really good draft for Green Bay to draft a slot wide receiver early, top three. Dobbs rounds. is kind of like an inside outside guy, yeah. and I'm perfectly fine with that. But having a true true slot possession receiver, and I think that's yeah. one of the reasons I really like Charlie. Dobbs reminds me of James Jones. Guy could be like, like that. And the thing with a slot receiver and tight end is now it makes it harder for Watson to get open. It makes it easy for the defense to just rotate that that safety the over safety. the top of him, right? So if we get a slot guy that can go underneath, go outside, or a tight end that can the middle of the field, a tight end that could stretch the field on the middle, block, you know, do do all the stuff that that we need. If we can fill those two positions, and I'm not saying they're going to be impact from the draft, maybe we get one for free agency. That trades. could take this. Yeah, that that could take this offense to the next level, and it could yeah. take Christian Watson into some really crazy uh, levels, tiers wise. I think if he gets one on one coverage for a majority of the year, the man is going to kill. 
and Jordan Love's going to put it in the bucket. Exactly. Jordan Love will hit him on those deep balls. He just he'll just put it out there. Christian Watson can go get it, and that's all the things that we're talking about here. Those all can benefit Jordan Love. So we're all for benefiting Jordan Love, putting him in a position to succeed right off the bat. Um, Greg said his son Connor is a huge Rodgers and Packers fan. He's 29. Hey, so am I. Um, we'll definitely <laughs> tell him about the show. I appreciate it. That's that's Look our goal. Our growth, so. Yes, sir. Um, so, yeah. Um, thank you, guys. Jake, I will see you Wednesday. Uh, Bryant, we will see you next Friday. Thank you, everybody, for watching and commenting along, and have a good night. I hate you, Bryant. <laughs> You're fired. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.